You're listening to the Star Spangled Banner metal version from Broforce, released October 15, 2015, composed by John Stafford Smith and arranged by Dion Van Heerden. Welcome to another episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this week, it is a patriotic bedroth. It is, man. Yeah. God bless in America. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling you right as we sat down to record, I think we're going to piss some people off with this one. <laughs> We'll get into it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. We will. We will. will. This one is very, very fitting and very timely. But real quick, if you'd be so kind, head on over to Apple Podcasts or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on and drop us a quick rating and a review. Really does help us out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow. And remember, we are on Patreon now as well. Patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Check out our tiers, see what we're doing, and if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload each week works wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to current executive producers, Jexx and Zanku. We're back on time, I think. At least I hope we are for this episode. Uh, everything, by the time you're hearing this, <laughs> should have been uploaded. We are technically caught up as of time of recording. Literally about 20 minutes ago, I did post the Masters of VGM Round 2 Unsung and Upcoming episode that you and I did with Jeff a few weeks back. And on Friday, which is June 30th, our final episode of the month, Radio Hour, will be dropping. This episode is posting, if it's on time, which it should be, I am off work for the next week, on July 5th, which is one day after the 4th of July over here in the U.S., right? America's Independence Day. Yeah, I mean, technically it's the 4th of July everywhere, but yeah, that it's is our true. Independence Day. That it's our true. birthday, man. <laughs> I guess the calendar isn't any different anywhere else. <laughs> Although some people follow different calendars. Let's let's be real, right? Yeah, some people real. follow a lunar calendar you know, and a Chinese yeah. calendar and, mm-hmm. you know, And then all there's that, some so. tribes and, you know, civil or cultures that... I think follow different calendars, but for the most part, everyone yeah. follows the same calendar. So, yeah, just to address it up front, um, you know, uh, America has a checkered past. We we have done some some horrible, horrible stuff, which everybody knows about. So I'm not going to get into it here. And it, it is far from an ideal place right now. There's a lot of crappy stuff going on um, and a lot of crappy people arguing about all that crappy stuff. And <laughs> you know what? At, at, it, when, when it's all said and done. Uh, I do believe it's still the land of opportunity. I believe it is the, um, you know, 
one of the safest countries in the world, despite the the, the gun obsession that a lot of people have. Um, and I think that, you know, we have a lot of freedom here. We have the freedom to argue about all that crappy stuff instead of just having to sit back and let crappy people tell us what to do, you know? <laughs> and, um, you know, you can talk about how limited, like, a single vote is. I, I agree. You can talk about how, how broken some of the systems are and the justice system needs an overhaul. But... We still, by and large, we, we have the ability to say and do what we want. And I think that is worth celebrating. And, man, when you think about how the country started out um, and even, you know, its early growing pains like the War of 1812, which is when I believe the Star-Spangled Banner was written, uh, the words at least. It was. By, uh, by Francis, Scott, Francis Key. Scott Key. I'll never forget that name. Yeah. I learned it in history so many times. Yep. I mean, we, uh, you know, we, we've come through a lot and I think we're, we're better for it. And that's all I'll say. And, uh, otherwise let's just get into, let's get into it. Unless you've got stuff to say. No, I just think that, uh, you know, I, I, we do have a, a, a lot of patriotic music in specifically American patriotic music on the show today. So I think some of it, you know, I think everyone will be able to at least appreciate the the tracks that we brought because even, you know, things like the Star Spangled Banner, that wasn't the actual version of the Star Spangled Banner. That was, yeah. I, I don't know if that was Dion Van Heerden on guitar or not, but, um, you know, that was somebody doing that for the Bro Force soundtrack. I have a couple tracks later on that are, are pretty well-known tracks that have, you know, were written 200 plus years ago. Um, but they were redone for the game that they're featured. And I know you do as well. So exactly, it's not like yeah. we're bringing the actual track. But these tracks are very rooted and grounded in that American spirit, which is why the name yeah. of this episode is American Spirit. We initially were going to call it Patriotism. Um, but I feel like that is too broad because patriotism isn't just American patriotism, right? There's Spanish patriotism and, and French patriotism and German patriotism and even yeah. Russian patriot. Like every country has their own patriots, right? So we can't just call it patriotism and then focus strictly on America. So um, we, we are calling it American spirit. And again, that's fitting because we're putting this episode up the day after America's birthday, our Independence Day, which was 1776. That's right. That's right. Uh, man, but yeah, uh, so I guess actually in three years, that'll be what? Like that'll be 250 Two, years. Is, is our 250 coming up soon? Yeah, it is. Wow. 220. Yeah. 2026. Yeah. 250, <laughs> 250 in three more years. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Man, when you think about it, it's so short in, in, in the scheme of things. It really like is. You think about how Britain's been a kingdom for like a thousand years and stuff, but not to mention, you know, like the China and Japan and some of those dynasties over there. It's like, yeah, of course, China has been an upheaval for the last, you know, 70, 80 years. But anyway, I'm getting off topic. <laughs> How about that Star Spangled Banner, man? Dude, it's so good. And it reminds me, you know, there's been so many metal guitar versions of the Star Spangled. Obviously, my mind think goes immediately to Jimi Hendrix, right? Of course, um, yeah. And, and what he did for the Star Spangled Banner. Was that at Woodstock? I think that was at Woodstock. Um, I think so, too. But there's which been is so just many, perfect, because Woodstock is really, like an icon yeah. of counterculture. Absolutely. And still, you know, Absolutely. American spirit transcends those uh, those boundary lines. Yeah, but this is such a dope version, too, man, and a game that is completely littered with American spirit and patriotism. <laughs> and I think, you know, a, a, a satire of that same of patriotism course, yes. at the same time, of course. Um, but, man, this game looks so cool. I, I know you guys uh, at, a, at RPG Era love Devolver Digital. Oh, and, um, so good. Devolver is one of the best publishers out there for the games they choose to publish just they work so well with their image that they set out to create and this is 
this game looks just bonkers, man. But it looks so fun, and uh, it's it, they've got they've got so many little homages to different things in it, and this just seems to fit the spirit of the game perfectly. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep, it's a really cool track for the game. Um, do you know where it plays? Curious. Is this? I don't. I actually haven't played this game. I've only looked it up on Steam and uh, listened to some of the soundtrack. Yeah, I'm trying to look to see if any comments give me an idea of of where this plays, but it doesn't look like any of them mention it. I'm curious if this is played like in a level somewhere or if it's in like a cutscene. It is pretty deep in the soundtrack, right? It's track 35 on the official soundtrack, so... Yeah, I mean, maybe like toward the end or something toward like that. I can imagine maybe? this being yeah. like an ending victory theme or something like that after after a game like this. But yeah, everybody's just talking about how, how awesome and metal and beautiful this song is <laughs> in the comments. And I have to agree. I have to yep. agree. This is a really have cool to version. Agree. Yeah, this is a really cool version of the Star Spangled Banner, which uh, I think this will come into play a little bit later. Not technically our first national anthem. No, it's not. No, it's not. Or arguably not the best candidate for a national anthem, but I might get into that a little bit later as well. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, okay, well, shall we jump to our first block of tracks here? My first uh, three for the episode. Yes, I am excited to get into this <laughs> block. I don't know if you've heard my middle track before, but I am so excited for you to hear it and also see the thumbnail of the video that was uploaded for that track. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this is going to be a really fun block because uh, of my last pick as well, which is probably yeah, one of I'm the first things the first things I thought of for this episode was that track right there. So. Let's get into it, however. Uh, I've talked before how I am a big fan of the Total War series. Um, I've, I've Total War Rome. Uh, there's a, what was the other one? I forget what the other one was, but Total War Rome was my favorite one for sure. Um, yeah. But I have we played a about lot that of... Back on the Ides of March. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But I have played Empire Total War as well, and, and this one's really cool because it allows you to play through some historical moments in America's past, specifically like the batter, the Battle of Bunker Hill and uh, some of the other stuff centered around the War of 1812. And this track that we're kicking off the block with actually kind of loosely ties into the War of 1812, right? The, the USS Constitution, I think, was created during that war in terms of a ship. I think it was first put into use somewhere around 1812. I don't I don't have any information to the contrary, so yeah. <laughs> I'll look it up while we listen. I'm almost positive that's the case, but let's go ahead and take a listen to USS Constitution from Empire Total War. This released on March 3rd, 2009, and it was composed by Richard Beto.
Up next, let's take a listen to America the Beautiful, the Gipper Battle version from Wasteland 3. This released on August 28th, 2020, and it was composed by Samuel A. Ward, arranged by Marmoset, and performed by Greg Jong. Last up in this block, let's take a listen to Jim Duggan's theme from WWE Legends of WrestleMania. This released on March 24th, 2009, and it was composed by Jim Johnston.
Coming back in, we are talking about USS Constitution from Empire Total War, again composed by Richard Beto. I did look it up. So the USS Constitution, its maiden voyage was July 22nd, 1798. It was first launched October 21st, 1797, but it is well, it is most well known for its um, actions during the War of 1812 against the UK, when I guess the USS Constitution captured numerous merchant ships and defeated five British warships, the HMS Guerreria, Java, Picto, Cyan, and Levant. And it was the battle with uh, Guerrero, or however again, however you say that, Guerrero, that earned the USS Constitution the nickname of Old Ironsides. And it is still in existence, which is mind-blowing, dude. This ship is over 200 and... What would that make it? 200 and... So it first launched in in 1797. So it's 1797 to 1997. 200, yeah. That's a damn old ship, dude. And it still (laughs) looks good. Like, there's pictures of it. It's still used, like, during uh, Independence Day celebrations, I think mostly in Boston Harbor. Um, at least according to Wikipedia, but uh, talk about Ironsides, right? (laughs) They still load it out and then pull it out every year. And damn, this ship still looks good. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. But um, this track obviously has probably nothing to do with the USS (laughs) Constitution. It's definitely not any like well-known piece of music that this is based off of. This is just Richard Beto creating some cinematic epic orchestral piece to uh to put in i think this takes place in the game if i'm remembering correctly during one of the naval battles and that would make sense that would make sense it's got that sort of you know sweeping dread of like a battle at sea i think you know uh it's a little bit slower than your your like rocking you know war steams but i think the the fact that it's on the ocean you know you think about the waves and how things are necessarily gonna move a little slower even though i'm sure when you're in the thick of it it still feels you know very immediate but uh, yeah, this was a, a solid, solid track. Yeah, yeah, I really like this one. I thought it was very cool. And I mean, this is very fitting for all of the Total War games, right? They always have a very orchestral um, war. Mer- What's that like militaristic feel, I guess, right? Because that's what the games are all about, right? It's all about war, Total War. Yeah. It's in the name. But uh, yeah. I dig this track a lot, man. I like this. I like this one a lot. And I think the USS Constitution might have been in other games, too. Now that I think back. I don't think it was in Assassin's Creed 3. I'm sure. Because obviously a, that was done ship, in... So. Yeah. Assassin's Creed 3 was more set right around the events of 1776 and I think a little after. So that would probably have been before the ship was created. Uh, I almost brought something from Assassin's Creed 3, actually, but I chose not to. Same. Um, but yeah, this was a really cool track, and I think it fits. I think it fits quite well. I agree. Very nice way to start things out. And uh, so, yeah, very good. But but man, my favorite of this uh, this block is that second track, like you said. That's, <laughs> that's my favorite of so this good. block, too, man. This is so good. We are talking about America the Beautiful. This is the Gipper or Gipper, maybe. Gipper. Gipper or Gipper? Yeah, One, it's Gipper. I'll get into Gipper that in a battle second. version. Okay, okay, perfect, perfect. Uh, from Wasteland Three, a game I've not played. I know it's one of those, you know, isometric, uh, tactical games that, um, you know, kind of in the vein of Diablo and Path of Exile. I'm a big fan of Diablo, but for some reason, I've just never gotten into into the Wasteland franchise. Um, again, this was originally composed by Samuel A. Ward. This particular version was arranged by Marmoset, and it was performed by Greg Jong on vocals. 
I love the thumbnail of this. And I have no idea if this is anything to do with what's in the game, right? But we have Ronald Reagan with an RPG strapped to his back, firing a machine gun, his cowboy hat floating off of him as he rides on the back of a velociraptor that is carrying a tattered American flag with a, is that an F-15 in the background in the top right? Something like that flying overhead. <laughs> Not a connoisseur of uh, jet planes, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. It's uh, so... So Ronald Reagan, um, one of his very first film roles was um, a football star named George Gipp, who, oh, who uh, okay. dies. Okay, okay. And then, have you ever heard the phrase, go out there and win one for the Gipper? Yep, sure have. Yeah, that's from that movie, and it's about them going out to play a game, like, in honor of their, you know, their dead teammate. And uh, so even after he was president, like, during his eulogies after at his funeral, um, people were referring to Reagan as the Gipper. So this must have something to do with, like, an actual battle involving Reagan somehow like, in Wasteland 3. Um, and that's the, incredible. With the thumbnail and with the, the song, but, or the song title. But, yeah, it really is. It really is. And... Um, and not going to get into to Reagan himself. He's a, he's a, I think every president at this point almost is a divisive figure. Um, even Lincoln, there are some naysayers out there. Washington may be the like sole <laughs> exception to that. But, um, but man, uh, this song, I love America the Beautiful. It, it is my favorite patriotic song. It, it's it's a very good song. I always appreciate hearing it at sporting events and stuff. It's it's very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the one. Um, and uh, I think I think Obama actually said this too. I prefer America the Beautiful to the Star Spangled Banner. I kind of wish that this were our national anthem. Um, it uh, just because I, I like it so much. It's just personal preference. I do think it's funny that um, I'm almost almost not one to say this because I don't want to alienate anybody, but I don't care. Um, a, a lot of the uh, the hyper hyper patriotic conservative uh, nationalistic folks um, also happen to be of the Christian persuasion, and they get so up in arms about the Star Spangled Banner when it's like the only <laughs> the only patriotic song that doesn't mention God at all. And I just think that's <laughs> That's kind of true, actually. <laughs> but yeah, back to America the yeah. Beautiful. I have to say my favorite version, probably because of the Sandlot and the fireworks scene, my favorite version is Ray Charles' version of America the Beautiful. Just It's a very good version. And I think it's probably one of the more well-known versions of America the Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I need to know more. There's an entire soundtrack. Okay, so Wasteland 3 has an original soundtrack but then it also has a secondary soundtrack that's called like battles and hymns or something like that and there are other patriotic Hmm. tracks in wasteland 3 so i need to know like what's going on in this game to where all of these patriotic songs exist in this universe yeah that sounds like something that would definitely be worth looking into yeah such a cool visual, though. Um, I, I I do personally like Ronald Reagan quite a bit. Um, you know, I think he's probably one of my favorite. I have a lot of respect for him as well. Yeah, I yeah. do, too. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, Reagan is a great president. You have to mention Kennedy if you're talking great presidents. Of course. Um, yeah. And then obviously you already mentioned Washington and Lincoln. Um, mm-hmm. there, there aren't that many other great presidents. I'm not going to lie. Right? Well, I mean, FDR, he, he, you know, FDR. Yeah, great FDR was. Uh, yeah, he, he really was, especially. He, he, he the, carried through. He carried to- us through a tough time. I was going to say for the time period that he was president, right? Starting in the Great Depression up in through World War Two. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. I think a lot of the presidents did great things. They were all just they were all really um, they were all human, you know. And so, of course, a lot of them made mistakes, some more than others. Uh I think uh, James Garfield, if he had not been assassinated, would have become one of our best remembered presidents. Um, 
And uh, I used to be a big fan of James K. Polk until I started realizing what Manifest Destiny really meant, especially for a lot of Native people. <laughs> See, that's kind of like me with Thomas Jefferson. When I was going mm-hmm. through high school yeah. and like taking a lot of history and government classes, I was a big fan of Thomas Jefferson. But then I found out he's actually a really shitty person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he expanded the country so much and he he was a really, really intelligent dude, really cultured guy, Had did a lot, did a lot of great things. But yeah, yeah, he was... Uh, checkered past. We'll say checkered past. Yeah. But. Which you already said, most of these guys do have. They are human. Um, so, and hopefully well, and we can say girls America, as well is? in the future. Hopefully we can say girls as oh, well Hopefully so. Hopefully so. But yeah, I mean, that's America. I mean, these are the people that we, the people, elected to represent us. And they, for better and worse, they did. Indeed. Absolutely. So. Um, but you know who did represent <laughs> us? Yes, I was just going to say, man. So I had to bring something fun that really ties into into me, right, for this particular episode. So when I think of, like, patriotic Americans... Obviously, I'm a big fan of professional wrestling. We talk about it all the time. We have a podcast on uh, AEW, All Elite Wrestling, that Seven I do weekly called Blood and Destroyers, an All Elite Wrestling podcast. Jeff, you know, just on the Masters of EGM episode with us last week, a big fan of wrestling as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know your dad probably is familiar. You are as well, because I know you used to watch back in the day. My mind immediately goes to Hacksaw Jim Duggan. This theme, yeah. dude, like it's to the name of this theme is technically called Ho Hustle, which I think is hilarious, right? And it's not like the derogatory <laughs> term there, but just because for some reason, every time Jim Dugway, he'd go, Ho! Every time he would come out with his big two by four and the American flag, he would come marching yep. down to the ring, waving that flag around, get in, stomp around, get the entire crowd chanting USA. Even if he was wrestling a guy that was from America, he would still get everyone chanting USA like it was just for him, even though the other guy's from there, too. Um, just a very patriotic <laughs> yeah. guy and just a, a very a very fun guy who is going through some hard times right now. He has been in and out of some sicknesses and cancer. I do hope he pulls through. I think he's maybe been diagnosed again somewhat recently, so I do hope he pulls through again this time. Um, yeah. But he, definitely up there in age, as a lot of these legends are in the wrestling industry. Um, but this is Jim Duggan's theme from a game called WWE Legends of WrestleMania. Now, this was composed by Jim Johnson, who was the primary composer for WWE's theme entrances back during the late 80s into the 90s and the Attitude Era. I think he was eventually replaced sometime in the early 2000s by a couple mm-hmm. other people. Uh, he's still, you know, a lot of his music is still used in WWE. Um, but yeah, he composed this and, and dude, it's so iconic. Like I was telling you. Um, I I have a hard time thinking of anyone else in the wrestling industry that is as patriotic as Jim Duggan, but you could make an argument. And I almost brought um, Hogan's theme, right? Hulk Hogan, because he was very mm-hmm. patriotic and American as well, especially during the Hulkamania era. But then obviously Lex Luger in like the early to mid 90s yeah. when he replaced Hogan in WWE or WWF at the time, you know, when he body slammed Yokozuna and went on. It was like the All-American, the Lex Express, like, dude, he was he was covered. I think his trunks yep. were the American flag. So um, there yeah, were a couple. Yeah, guys I, I do remember up, that. And yeah. And, you know, you, you think of uh, Dusty Rhodes, the American dream. And then, of course, his oh, son yeah. Cody, the American nightmare. And yep. <laughs> and, you know, uh, I, I thought for a second about Steve Austin, but he's really more Texas than America. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, he's more Texas rattlesnake, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. But excellent pick, though, dude. And yeah, like you said, just a fun fun track yeah i thought you know i wanted to have a little bit of fun because i know we have 
some some more serious music in here, right? Especially some of those that do have sentimental value to the American spirit. Like America the Beautiful. A lot of people get really sentimental. I never really get sentimental during that track, but a lot of people do. So. Oh, I, I yeah, I do. Um, but yeah, and yeah, I, I mean, serious, but also uh, especially my first one, this next block, a little playful. And then the second one is, you know, it's light. Uh, it's not not super heavy. Third one is is more heavy in the vein of your uh, your your track from. Um, from USS Constitution or Empire Total War. Um, yep, but, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, still, what do you say? You ready to get into my block? Let's do it. All right, well, we did just talk about Ronald Reagan, and so, of course, I had to uh, go back to to a game where uh, yeah, you, you are asked, are, are you a bad enough dude to rescue the presidents? And uh, who, if you look at the, at the images, is obviously Ronald Reagan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, we are going to play the, the ending theme. I believe this is the American ending theme from the NES version of Bad Dudes. The, uh, I think it's the same as the one in the arcade, different from the Japanese version, which is actually kind of a riff on the Star Spangled Banner. It's, it's an interesting composition. Um, but yeah, the ending theme from Bad Dudes, released March 2nd, 1988. This is actually Hail to the Chief, the president's theme song, composed by James Sanderson and arranged for the game by Azusahara and Hiroaki Yoshida. Next up, we're going to listen to Title from Liberty or Death, released March 18, 1994, Composer Unknown.
Closing out my first block, we're going to listen to the main menu theme from America's Army True Soldiers, released November 15th, 2007, and again, composer unknown.
coming back, we are talking about Hail to the... Ch- I mean, the ending theme from Bad Dudes. <laughs> uh, again, on the NES, this is the American version of the ending theme. And uh, yeah, yeah, as uh, as the president says at the end of the... Uh, it's the end of the game. Let's let's go for a burger. Ha, ha, ha. What's more American than a burger, dude? Yeah, I know, right? I know. I know. Although probably a, probably we a wouldn't lot of say things. hamburger steak for a while during World War II. Uh, we would say Salisbury steak because Salisbury was from England, which was one of our allies. <laughs> Hamburg was in Germany. <laughs> we didn't like is that, them. Is that a true story? <laughs> That is a true story. That's silly. It was kind of like Freedom Fries. I was going to say, that, that uh, reminds yeah. me of the French fry bullshit. Like, I called it French yep. fries still. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, dude. Um, fun little track. This really is such nice. a cool rendition, rendition, dude. I know. Yeah. This is so cool. Um, it, it fits so well on the NES sound chip. And like you were saying as we were listening to it, it's not like it's a complex track by any means. It's very simple. Um, so it's no surprise that it does translate so well to 8-bit. But I got to say, man, those snare drums in the background, oh, it's a star of the track for me. I love that. Really nice use of the noise channel on the NES sound chip. Um, and you got the, the two squares are playing the melody and the counter melody uh, really well. I didn't pick out a triangle, like a bass line at all, but it didn't, you know, it didn't suffer for it. It just, it's a... It's upbeat. It's um, it works really well for an ending theme, especially for a game like this. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, you know, day day to east. Shout out to Frank. I know you love your day to east stuff. Hope you hope you're enjoying some some bad dudes. Yeah, I'm Frank hates sure day to east. Frank by the way, probably. Yeah, he hates day to east. If you remember, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I'm sure. I'm sure Frank probably brought the uh, the 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 song you guys have already played from Bad Dudes, uh, Stage Two theme. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> the case. Yes, probably the case. Um, but but yeah, um, this this soundtrack is has got, and, and I, I think I don't think this is um this is unknown. This soundtrack has got some great music in it. Azahara, it really and, does. Uh, Yoshida. Did really a really does. great job. Uh, we haven't played the title theme before, so we'll have to at some point. But it's it's really good too. I almost brought that, but then when I heard this, I was like, "Nah, now nah, it's got to be this one." <laughs> yeah, this one fits way better into the episode that we're trying to do today, as opposed to the uh, the title track from Bad Dudes. Um, honestly, I had forgotten this. I know I I remember like hearing it before, but it's one of those things that like you know I'm, I'm not going back and listening to it again. I actually forgot mm-hmm. this was in Bad Dudes until you brought it to the episode. So this was really cool to rediscover i don't know that i knew and maybe it's because i'd only really listened to the japanese version before but this time i happened to stumble on the nes version which you know it's, it's or the the yeah the american version it's really short you know so there's only like six or seven tracks and so yeah but really enjoyed this one good pick enjoyed this one good pick and something else i just kind of stumbled across in my research for the episode is a strategy game that apparently came out on the SNES, the Genesis, and the PC. We listened to the SNES version of the title theme from Liberty or Death, a little strategy game set during the Revolutionary War. Yeah, I had no idea this was a game, dude. After I saw you, you know, submit your tracks, I was like, what the hell is Liberty or Death? Because, like, <laughs> I could see, right, it's a Super Nintendo box art in the actual thumbnail of the of the actual video we watched. But apparently, like, people have streamed this and PC Gamer did a, and that's actually pretty recent, PC Gamer did an article on the game back in May, May 6, 2023. It says an Englishman plays American Revolution sim, Liberty or Death. 
So this is still a game that people fire up and talk about, even though it is, you know, significantly older. Um, it's actually kind of cool, like looking and seeing the different colonies on the East Coast of the United States and how this is basically an American Revolution simulator. It's kind of dope. Yeah, it is pretty cool. It's, uh, you know, it makes me wonder if, if under a different political climate, if they might not go back to this and try to, you know, try to redo it. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of games, you know, there are a lot of games that kind of touch on this sort of thing. But mm -hmm. this is the only one I know of that, like, completely reenacts um, the, uh, you know, the, the Revolutionary War. And the title, uh, of course, is an homage to uh, a famous give line me spoken liberty during or the second. Give me death. Yep. Second Virginia Convention. Do you remember who said that? No. <laughs> as soon as you say <laughs> the name, the founding, I'm going to remember. Yep. One of the founding fathers named Patrick Henry. That's Shouted right. Shouted that out Patrick to the... Henry. To the to the collected um, convention uh, attendance, uh, give me liberty or give me death. When when I believe this was when they were voting on whether to declare um, independence or independence, not. Independence, yeah, uh, right around the, yeah. the ratification or signing of the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. And, and if anybody wants to watch, if anybody is interested in um, a, a not over dramatic presentation of that time, the um, there was a miniseries uh, several years ago that was based on a book uh, called John Adams that really oh, goes so into that. Oh, it's so good, dude! Paul Giamatti! So, oh, so dude, good. it's so fucking good! I love that show. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite HBO show. series of all time. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely definitely worth looking into if you're at all interested in like the the onset of and like he's the first such a good actor too. American he's history. such a good he just mm -hmm. he became oh, yeah. John yeah. Adams. Paul just owns um, yeah. every role he's in. Became but John, yeah, John Adams. Adams. It's amazing. It was fantastic. Fantastic. But but this track, uh, you know, we haven't talked about it at all. It's it's a fun little track. Um, Again, the snare drum is a star of the track for me. Yeah, and you mentioned that it sounds like you know the marches that uh, that they would play when they were going into battle. And, and at first, I said you know it's it's it sounds completely out of place for when you're marching into a bloody battle. But you know maybe it, it makes a little bit of sense. But this when is you the kind of music they, they played. To. Like so, a movie that I think to right like for this time period, and when I'm thinking about battles and that kind of stuff during this time period. I always go back to The Patriot with Mel Gibson. I was and thinking Heath the Ledger. exact same thing. Yeah. yeah. And like you think of like some of the fields that they're marching through, like, you know, the the musicians they have. This is the type of music that they're playing. Like it, it, it was this. Yep. Also really funny that that movie was headlined by two uh, Australian guys. And right. The villain was an American guy who is more well known for his British roles, uh, Jason Isaacs. <laughs> yep. I will say though that is a great movie. I really like that movie a lot. I think it's one of my favorite. I also one of I my favorite Heath Ledger movies. Obviously, it does not beat him in the in, in Batman, but it's a great movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my, and my wife actually uh, doesn't doesn't usually get into like the the violent stuff, but uh, but she actually really likes The Patriot as well, probably because of Heath Ledger. Okay. Uh, she's had a crush on him ever since. Uh, <laughs> Ten Things I Hate About You and who hasn't? Tale. What a great which looking are, guy. Which are also great movies. Yeah. Oh my absolutely. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was a beautiful, beautiful Heath man. Heath Ledger for sure. was a very gorgeous uh, man. Yeah. He was a good looking guy. But uh but yeah. Um but this was fun. And this this soundtrack, it it it, it is it's fun. It's 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 quaint. I think that's the perfect word for it. It's it's not gonna blow any minds. Um although there is a nice uh SNES rendition of um of um, the Star Spangled Banner in the American Events 
portion of this video. Uh, there's The only video I could find online was uh, the whole soundtrack, so it's one of those that nobody's even bothered to go in and break it down. But, <laughs> That's why we don't know um, who the composer is. I wish we did. Exactly. Yeah, I, I wish we did too. This one and on the, and on the next one. That, yeah, unfortunately, that, that we, your, the, your two tracks here at the end of this block, we have no idea who did these. It sucks. Absolutely. Yeah, the main menu theme from America's Army True Soldiers. And uh, um, yeah, I looked into this and in so doing, I found some stuff out about these games, which is kind of wild. Um, uh, like you said, apparently these are uh, I like think these army games have a very yeah, they, they, they have a very like divisive thought process behind them. Right. Because they are basically tools for recruitment to the army. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, and I mean, they were they were essentially they're they're tagged as being co-developed by the U.S. Army. They are. And yeah. Um, and like you got army engineers involved in like design and stuff. And you got the, the developers of the games going through army boot camp so they can really learn about, you know, how all this stuff works uh, firsthand. Um, Doyle W. Donahue is credited for the first game, and he's also just listed as the composer on the series Wikipedia page. Um, apparently, though, Jared Emerson Johnson, a name we're more familiar with, is credited mm -hmm. on the follow-up game to this, America's Army Rise of a Soldier. But, but more than anything else, um, you know, this track reminded us at the same time of uh, famed film composer Hans Zimmer. Yeah, you and I both, like, literally at the same point, you're like, you know what this reminds me of? Hans Zimmer, <laughs> dude, I just was thinking, I think it was at the section of the song yep. we were in, right? Because that, that section, that, like, 15, 20 seconds really sounds like Hans Zimmer. Yeah, and I feel like that was at, uh, that had to be at about the two minute mark somewhere in there. Um, one of those tracks that I, I probably gravitated to because, as we've talked about before, I like tracks that go places. Uh, Jeff tells me that's one of my one of my phrases on yeah. this on this, this show, uh, but it does it, it evolves into a lot of different things as it goes and is very cinematic. But it's the kind of cinematic I really get into. It's that heroic determined feel mm -hmm. like we've been talking about movies i could really see this in the uh the movie pearl harbor with oh, yeah. uh, ben affleck and josh absolutely. hartnett you know yep. absolutely and uh, dan Aykroyd in a rare dramatic role um as uh oh gosh can't think of him now the um the admiral from from world war ii who uh starts with a d um i'm gonna have to look that up but yeah what did you think about this track while i while i do that obviously man i i really really enjoyed this now i will say i don't know that i so i'm familiar with these games um but i've never really looked into them so I, that that means i never listened to the music in these games either and this feels to me very fitting like it has a very american spirit patriotic feel to it that we were trying to capture here and reminded me heavily and you told me it was going to right like it reminded me heavily of that uss constitution track that i brought earlier on from empire total war um mm -hmm. i could hear like if you told me this was based on a on an older song i would say oh okay yeah that makes total sense right like it it has that feel to it but i know it's not i know it's original mm -hmm. yeah yeah for real for sure for sure um and uh, found out, actually, apparently uh, I was conflating two things. Uh, Dan Aykroyd plays uh, Captain Thurman, um, uh, Captain Thurman in uh, Pearl Harbor, who at one point talks to Admiral Chester Nimitz, who was the one okay. I was thinking of, Admiral Nimitz, who has like an aircraft carrier, uh, carrier named after him or something. But uh, nice. But, yeah. So, yeah, that was that was my first block of the episode. Very good block. I enjoyed it. And actually, 
<laughs> my first block of the or my first track of the next block actually ties in really, really well with that closeout pick that you had there in that block. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. I just I can't believe I couldn't I didn't think of this, this I'm game shocked and this franchise. You didn't yeah. either. I'm shocked this wasn't on your list. So when I saw you didn't have any representation from G.I. Joe on yours, I was like, dude, well then I gotta bring G.I. Joe from the NES because it's such a good soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. And what's 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 more again, you know, you think about patriotic figures. It's hard to get more patriotic than G.I. Joe. Real American hero, man. Real American hero, for sure. Absolutely. G.I. Joe. (laughs) Go Joe. (laughs) Oh, man. Shall we get into the block? You want to do this? I think think we shall. Let's do this. Okay. I'm cheating a little bit in this block, too, just so you know. My last track we've technically played before, but Uh, we've never played this version. Again, we've never played the, the version from this game, and we never played any of the versions from this particular platform. So that's how I justified it to myself. Come on. You have to. I'm really glad you found a way to get this track on the episode. I had to. (laughs) I had to. So let's go ahead and start this off by taking a listen to Missile Base Antarctica, which is mission two from G.I. Joe, a real American hero. This released in January 1991, and it was composed by Nobuyuki Shioda and Yusuke Takahama. Coming up next, we're going to take a listen to 1812 from Sea of Thieves. This released on March 20th, 2018. It was composed by Pyotr Olich Tchaikovsky and arranged by Katie Tarrant. Thank you. 
Last up in this block, let's take a listen to USA 2, otherwise known as Guile's Theme, from Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, the 3DO version. This released on November 7th, 1994. It was composed by Yoko Shimomura, and the arranger is unknown.
Coming back in, we are talking about Missile Base Antarctica, or Mission 2, from G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero. Again, composed by Nobuyuki Shiota and Yusuke Takahama. Dude, this is so good. This entire soundtrack is just banging from start to finish. I'm, I'm impressed with the entire soundtrack to this game. And again, it doesn't get more American than G.I. Joe. Yeah, yeah, I gotta give you that, dude. It's... That is, uh, man, what a great track. What a great track. <laughs> Did you used to watch the cartoon back in the day? I, I caught it now and then. Um, I was one of the rare boys who didn't really get into G.I. Joe and Transformers. I think really? probably the okay. most like the most boy show I got into was called Dino Riders. I don't know if you okay. remember that. Uh, I've heard of it. I don't know that I ever saw it. <laughs> it, it wasn't as big a thing. Uh, there were a, a bunch of toys for it, but it never got as big as Transformers G.I. Joe, which is, is crazy. It's like heroes from space who go back in time to the dinosaur era and they, they ride dinosaurs. But in, anyway. I digress. But but what I did watch, though, I, I do remember very well. And, of course, I had the toys. And um, Oh, yeah, I had so many little G.I. Joe action figures when I was a little dude. I really did. And the game was, you know, it was like every other licensed action game, uh, you know, like the Avengers and stuff like that. But it was... Uh, it was good. Um, it was fun uh, for for a licensed game, and like you said, though the music is just just great. And and I think I have to agree with you that this is probably the best track on the soundtrack. Yeah, I definitely think this is, and that's the reason I brought this one. Definitely the best track in the entire game. Um, I did not catch the first like initial run of GI Joe because I was not born yet. <laughs> Because the the cartoon (laughs) actually started in 83, and I think it concluded in November of 86. So, like, I was alive when it concluded, but I was only, like, eight or nine months old at the time. Well, and I would have only been three or four. Yeah, so, Um, but they did do a second round, like, of, of a cartoon that ran from 89 to 91, and that's the one I remember watching. That is almost definitely the one that I saw as well. Yeah, so, um couple of my friends when I was in kindergarten and especially like for the first couple years of elementary school I had a couple friends that were really big into G.I. Joe and I remember going over their house and we would go into their you know his bedroom and he had just G.I. Joe stuff everywhere and action figures and we would you know play like pretend like we were G.I. Joe oh dude it was so much fun like I I really, really like G.I. Joe um, in terms of a series. I don't think there's that many games based on G.I. Joe, is there? Now that I'm thinking about it. You know, it's funny. Did even did even games come out when um, when they made the new movies? I don't think so. Actually, GI Joe video games. There's only a few. Let's see. List of GI Joe. Oh no, wait. One did. I lied. Uh, okay. GI Joe Operation Blackout released on October 13th of 2020 and is sitting at a 51 on Metacritic. That sounds about right. Yep, that okay. sounds about right. Gotcha. Because I I can't imagine these games would be any good in the modern era, right? Like, they would be quick cash grabs trying to capitalize on the name. Um, The G.I. Joe games back in the day, I I think, were generally pretty well-liked, especially for that time period. Um, You know, G.I. Joe on this for this game on the NES... You know, just back then, right, we had magazines, but GamePro gave it an 18 out of 25. Nintendo Power gave it a 7, 6 out of 10. A couple other magazines gave it a 7 and 8 out of 10. One Mm -hmm. oddball uh, Brazilian magazine gave it a perfect 100 out of 100. So, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) Um, but this is okay. So there's so many different like all these games are published by somebody else, dude. Like 
this was not a license that any one studio had. So this game that we just played from G.I. Joe Relic American Hero released in um, 1991 and it was published by Taxon. Then there was a game called G.I. Joe The Atlantis Factor that also released on the NES that was published by Capcom in 92. An arcade version of G.I. Joe released in 92 was published by Konami. So no studio actually had any like rights to it. They just probably licensed it out to whoever wanted to make a game based on G.I. Joe. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. But um, yeah, so a little bit of background for anybody who is not interested. Uh, first of all, G.I., I mean, the Joe part is kind of self-explanatory. That's like a quintessential American name. But G.I. is a kind of a general military term that's used for different things. Uh, general infantry, government issue, um, you know, which is like all the equipment that they have. Um, ground infantry, uh, general issue, different things. Um, but the the doll, G.I. Joe, and I use that word specifically, uh, actually came out in, um, well, the original like prototype of it came out in like the 60s. Yeah, um, it did. And it uh, was launched by Hasbro um, as a counterpoint to the Barbie doll as a way to market and let's you know what's more American than capitalism uh, as a way to <laughs> market <laughs> uh, these kinds of toys to to boys um, it actually uh, a lot of people attribute the term action figure to being popularized by G.I. Joe absolutely yeah yep as an alternative to doll <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah because uh, you know <laughs> different time periods man it's hard to get into now right absolutely but like, Absolutely, yeah, Just definitely hard to get into now, but different time but, periods. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not going to get into how, how much our uh, our ideas of, of gender nowadays have been driven specifically by capitalism, so people can sell more stuff. That really um, is, but very true. Yeah, yeah, but um, but I, I I have a couple of bombs to drop on your your second track here. So why don't we why don't we go ahead and start talking about this uh, bombs as in literal bombs? Shanty. Because I feel like that's what was missing from this track. Yeah. So the name of this is eighteen twelve. Uh, this comes to us from Sea of Thieves, and this was. Please pronounce the guy's name for me. I can't do it. Who was this originally composed by? Uh, so the 1812 Overture, um, I actually pronounced his full name uh, back on the classical music episode, but the um, the full name of the Russian composer is Pyotr Ilyich Tchaikovsky. Thank you. I can't do it any justice. This particular version was arranged by Katie Tarrant. And I just think this is such a dope version of the 1812 Overture existing in Sea of Thieves as a sea shanty. Like the instruments used here, right? Like the banjo and there was some guy at some point in the track, somewhere in the middle. You could hear someone whistling in the background. Uh, I think this is just a really cool rendition. But when I think the 1812 Overture, I'm obviously thinking a lot of times of fireworks festivals right centered around independence day you think if you watch like the macy's fourth of july celebration or the boston pops on tv or whatever capital uh what was that capital fourth or something that's always on pbs they always play mm-hmm, the, yeah. the, the 1812 overture when the fireworks are going off in the sky and you get like the you know like the what are supposed to be cannons right like the big bass drums just yeah, booming and, 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 that, authentic and then that's rendition. missing here yeah that's missing here. an authentic rendition of the 1812 overture has actual cannons it does. that, that it fire does. basically blank shot yeah yeah and um it's interesting that this has become something of a patriotic song um i also want to mention really quickly that this this version uh plays a lot with uh 
um, I, I, I'm going to butcher this one, but La, La Marseillaise, which is the French national anthem uh, written by um, Joseph Rouget Delisle. Melissa, help which us is out. That do, 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 that's yeah. that's mm-hmm. the French, um, yep. which, of course, is also why it's Glass Joe's theme and Punch-Out. But um, Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the 1812 overture, maybe not surprisingly because it was written by a Russian guy, has nothing to do with the American War of 1812. Um, it is supposed to have been written in uh, commemoration of the Russian army repelling the French under Napoleon in 1812. But it's kind of been co-opted at this point, and it does have that very bombastic, you know. It does. It, it sounds very American, but but yeah, that's uh, that that was it. it. Was yeah, I wanted to mention that there was also a French theme in here, and that this isn't really an American song, but it doesn't matter because, like you said, it gets played at a lot of American festivals. So I feel like it gets played at every American festival anymore. <laughs> like most Independence Day celebrations, you know, that features the 1812 overture. Um, it, it's just very iconic and i know it's probably iconic to a lot of countries but um here in in the u.s yeah Tchaikovsky was a yeah. pretty big deal yeah but here in here in the u.s right we we tend to center and think of this song as a very patriotic song um mm-hmm. yeah and i just think this version's dope i knew it i knew it was out there this is another one that i knew like yeah i definitely want to bring this to this episode um you know i i'm i'm quite a big fan of what the uh csc sea of thieves soundtrack ended up becoming as it kind of progressed throughout the years there's some really cool stuff in the soundtrack Oh yeah, everything I've heard from this soundtrack, I, I really like. And I love, just love that it has that, you know, piratey feel. Like, Absolutely. This is a total... It's hard to beat a good sea shanty. This is completely opposite to like what you would think, right, for this type of... Because pirates are, mm-hmm. are so against <laughs> that type of, of mentality, I guess. I don't know. No, I guess granted, yeah. I mean... <laughs> well, you think of pirates as the, you know, these, these bloodthirsty cutthroats. I was going to say, but what are they fighting and... for, right? What are they Which... fighting for? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, they're fighting for money, but they're That's also, true. you know, they, they were all about the freedom of the open ocean and uh, and they did like to have fun. You know, the, what, what was there to do on a ship but get drunk and, and get drunk play and sing songs? You know? Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're drinking rum tonight. Exactly. You're a pirate tonight. Oh, yeah. The rum's gone. Why is the rum gone? But Why anyway, the yeah, the rum's gone. gone but, but still. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh but. man. Okay. So I cheated, right? For my last track in this block. <laughs> But how could I not? Um, I had to bring this. So this is USA 2 or Guile's theme from Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. And this is the 3DO version of the game. Or Yeah, the game, because Super Street Fighter 2 was released everywhere, basically. Um, and this was originally done, of course, by Yoko Shimomura. I have no idea who arranged this track for the 3DO version. But a lot of people think this version is one of the better, if not the best version of Guile's theme. I mean, even um, I, I tried to Google and find out who who arranged this one. But, oh, there's like nothing uh, on the 3DO I, version. Yeah. When I did, even even T Lopes was on Twitter a couple years ago saying that that this this soundtrack is the definitive version of the Street Fighter. Oh, II really? Soundtrack. And yeah, yeah. Which you know, high praise coming from coming from him. And uh, when I I did see the credits laid out on Giant Bomb. They've got so many people listed for sound and music. Yep. It's it's impossible. Oh yeah, uh, and Yoko Shimomura is not on there. She's so. not. But we um, know for sure she originally composed this. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Um, but but this is so clean, dude. And this is 
This is really, really stellar. Like, I don't know. I actually, so I have not listened to the Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo 3DO soundtrack before. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to listen to the entire thing now. This is the yeah, only absolutely. song I've heard on the soundtrack because I knew what I wanted to pick from it, right? I knew exactly where I was going. <laughs> so I didn't listen to anything else on the soundtrack. But listening to this and hearing how amazing it actually is makes me want to consume the entire thing. T-Lope's obviously saying it's the best version of the Super Street Fighter 2 soundtrack, so that's definitely dope. Um, this is so good. And I was telling you, it reminds me heavily of of Nihon Falcom. And I think it's the way that it sounds, right? And it's that 3DO, 3DO used Redbook Audio, right? 3DO used Redbook Audio? Oh, yeah. 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 It was the best audio at the time, the best audio quality at the time. Yeah. And you think Nihon Falcom, right? They were using early Redbook Audio on PC Engine all the time. So I think... PC Engine CD, yeah. 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 So I think sure. a lot of the, the instrumentation here and the way it's laid out, some of the runs in the background really remind me of some of the early Ease games. And that's kind of dope. Yeah. Yeah, and like you said, it's it's so clean. Uh, the guitar just wails so hard, and it's um, th- this is now I think the definitive version of Guile's theme. But there, there of course is no shortage. Uh, there's there have got to be hundreds at this point of versions of Guile's theme because it goes with everything. It's one of the most iconic pieces yeah. of music, you know, <laughs> let alone video game music. And so um, everybody knows Guile's theme. But yeah, this is. This was really great stuff and perfect for this episode. And I was telling you, at some point in the future, won't be this year because our calendar's booked this year, but some point next year, we're gonna do an episode on 3DO. We need to we need to dive more into this platform. I agree, totally so, agree. Looking forward to it. Oh, but I'm also looking man. forward to this block coming up, man, because your first Ooh. track here is from a show that I used to watch all the time. Really? That's yeah, funny. I uh, loved I, I, this um, show on TV, dude. I don't know why, but I did when I was a kid. I feel like everybody of a, of a certain age um, has seen this show. Uh, I remember seeing it. Of course, I I remember the guys uh, standing up on the, you know, on the balance beam and hitting each other with the, the foam batons. Um, but yes, uh, coming off of Street Fighter 2 with, uh, with Guile and his enormous biceps, we're moving into um, American Gladiators, and this is the uh, the SNES version. We're going to listen to the title screen. Uh, this was this game was released in April 1993 and composed by not an American, uh, but a great Scottish composer, Barry Leach.
Next up, we're going to listen to March of Progress from Codename Steam, released March 13th, 2015, based on Hail Columbia, composed by Philip Pyle, and arranged for the game by Yoshito Sekigawa.
Rounding out my second block, we're going to listen to The Patriot Cave from Supreme League of Patriots, released January 29, 2015, composed by Jake Kaufman. Coming back in, we are talking about Barry Leach's title screen theme from American Gladiators on the Super NES. Yeah. And, uh, man. Oh, dude. This this is so silly. Like, yeah. it, oh. Which is perfect, right? It's, it's perfect. I mean, I was telling you as we were listening to this, like, I was a big fan. For some weird reason, I was a big fan of the American Gladiators TV show. Um, it started in 1989 and ran through 96. So I probably was watching it sometime early to mid 90s when I really got into it. And I was telling you, right, it makes sense. I'm into professional wrestling, and that's generally what American Gladiators was without the wrestling in the ring, right? You have these big buff guys and girls partaking in these physical events against randoms that you knew were never going to do well. Sometimes they did, 
but it's basically right. like but a yeah, wrestler going in there against speaking. a jobber. <laughs> yeah, you see, you see this little noodle arm dude standing up on on this, you know, like ten foot platform, trying to trying to swing those those two sided two ended padded clubs at the uh, the gladiator, and you know that he's just going to get knocked off in like five seconds. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you had, I mean, you had these big buff guys. Like I said, these big buff guys. You had people like, so I'm trying to remember, and I had to look up some of the the people that I'm familiar with. But there was a guy called Wade. Um, who was portrayed by Jim Starr, who was actually the only American Gladiator to appear in all seven seasons of the show. Um, but then there was Diamond, I'm familiar with her, Ice, Thunder, Turbo, Storm, Viper. These are the ones I remember from like the early and mid 90s. Um, Man, what a product of their time. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, oh, look at this. Shout out to The Messenger. The concept was originally created in 1982 by Johnny C. Ferraro and Dan Carr. Carr gathered the gladiators and hosted the show, and Ferraro financed and produced the original competition at Erie Tech High School in Erie, PA. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, cool. So that's where this kind of originated. Um, I told you I also own, and I still do, I own the Super Nintendo version of this game, sitting in a box somewhere that I keep all of my old, you know, cartridges in. Um, this game was so aggravating. It was very difficult. I sucked at this game. It, it even tells you right in the box, all right? You have the wall, the joust, assault, human cannonball, atmosphere, powerball, and the eliminator in this game, which are all events and things that were in the TV show. I was terrible at this game, but I thought it was fun <laughs> for some reason. It's funny how, you know, you can you can have games like that that are just like objectively like you would think they're not fun. But when you play them, for whatever reason, they just, you know, you have a good time. And so I guess it, it delivered, you know, to, to that end. Um, but yeah, what do you think of this uh, this track by Barry Leach? Barry Leach, man, he is so good. You and I were talking as we were listening, right? We were kind of wondering because the video, like the track, we were like, it's six minutes and 13 seconds. We're like, well, damn. It's Barry Leach. It might actually go six minutes and not loop and actually just do something different for the entire time. Kind of like Yoke and Hippo, right? Might just do something different for the entire time. Uh, it did eventually yeah. stop and loop somewhere around the three minute mark. But this is a really cool track. And I told you I had to look. So before we actually jumped into this block while we were still talking during the last block, I quickly pulled up the like the entrance, not the entrance, like the opening video for American Gladiators, the TV show back in the 90s to see mm -hmm. when we when we listen to this track if it was going to be the same and it is not they really didn't have a theme song to american gladiators it just kind of started out and then showed the crowd there was an ending theme i also listened to that this is not it either okay gotcha gotcha but yeah like you said this is it's cool it's also silly and fun but there's a kind of a darkness it's it, it's trying very hard to okay it he's writing it like he's trying hard to be serious but really he's not it's i guess that's a good way to put it um but barry leach man just just some really great stuff we're, we're gonna have to, to pay a little closer attention to him at some point in the future i think we will i think we'll have to do that get, get a, you know let me give a shout out there right front and center on the box art in the snes version is ice look at that hair man look at her hair then <laughs> that is that is such an 80s 90s hairstyle Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And she's still it's active. Shame there's no mullets on here. <laughs> she's well, guy in the back right, kinda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess. But she's still active, huh? Yeah, she's still somewhat active. I think. Um, you know, she's got some recent pictures up and and that kind of stuff. So I don't know exactly what she's doing. Uh, her Instagram is Lori Ice Fetrick, so she still plays up that she was Ice on American Gladiators. <laughs> That's fun. The guy that I said was in every season is 
to her right or left. That's laser. Okay, laser. Yeah. yeah. He he looks really familiar. I didn't watch a lot of this show. I I did see it. You know, I think everybody our age saw it. Oh, yeah. uh, it was on like you know hospital screens and hotel room TVs yep, and stuff everywhere. like that. But yeah, but uh, yeah, this was a big deal and uh, a precursor to a lot of our our reality shows. <laughs> and these guys, I'm looking at like recent photos of a lot of them. They are all still so freaking jacked, dude. Like they didn't even, even though like they're in you know they're you know they're middle age, right? Like Ice, looking specifically at her Instagram, she was born in '63. What does that make her? 50 uh, 60 this year she's she's gonna be 60 this yeah, year 60 she's this not year. already yeah so uh she's still for 60 years old dude she is jacked for 60 years old wow <laughs> shout out to uh to the american gladiators keeping keeping the american spirit alive yep absolutely <laughs> uh but yeah that's gonna bring us to the the second song in our in this block, which which uh, I, I dropped a couple of bombs on you on that eighteen twelve track, and you dropped one on me on this one. I can't believe I didn't notice. I can't that believe March you progress. Didn't, you picked this not from knowing Code that. Steam. Yeah, when you told me March you didn't realize, you're like, Code oh, I didn't Steam even know. What the hell, is- dude? <laughs> Hail Columbia, which yeah. was the original um, unofficial national anthem until the Star Spangled Banner mm-hmm. uh, replaced it in 1931, which, um, you know, again, a lot of these people who are so gung-ho about the Star Spangled Banner probably don't even realize it hasn't even been our national anthem for 100 years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> hasn't been our anthem. Yeah, that's crazy, but, right? That's absolutely crazy. But yeah. Hail Columbia, written by um, or composed, rather, by Philip Pyle for the inauguration second inauguration of George Washington lyrics were added in 1798 and it was then uh, subsequently uh, played for for the presidents uh, it was called the president's um march i want to say yep president's uh, march or yep. yeah the president's march until hail to the chief started replacing it under like like jackson and some of his successors um but even after that you pointed out it was uh, it's been used as the uh, vice president's yep. theme they basically. kept it they just switched it to the vp yeah yeah and yeah i told you when i was listening to the codename the- steam soundtrack well, what i did is i just pulled several different tracks that i thought the name could fit on this episode there was this one there was one called lady liberty one called dawn of liberty so you know things that i thought would fit and they were all good i mean this i i talked about it back on the steam and steampunk episode this whole soundtrack is great yeah this is a really good soundtrack. but this one i i thought this sounded pretty different from a lot of my other ones and i really like the you know the orchestral feel and for whatever reason i just wasn't paying attention to the melody and yeah it caught me off guard <laughs> so, <laughs> what you so you said uh, you're like this. You picked this one because it sounded very official, not realizing that yeah, it is official. Yeah, it, it, sounded, <laughs> it sounded like 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 an official patriotic song, and yeah, it, it is. <laughs> yeah, it totally is. And this is such a cool version of this song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once again arranged for the game by uh, Yoshito Sekigawa. And man, uh, I talked about this this on the the Steam and Steampunk episode, so I won't go too long. But uh, Codename Steam is a very American game. It's got a lot of American heroes under um, Abraham Lincoln who are like leading the charge to repel an alien force in uh, during Victoria the Victorian era, and um, uh, everything is like steampunk or steam powered sci-fi stuff and uh you know it's a fun game with a fun soundtrack and it's got that little kind of american silly american flair to it indeed yeah 
yeah, I still, like I told, I think we talked about it on that episode, right? I really never do, uh, dove too deep into Codename Steam, but I have listened to a lot of the tracks in the soundtrack. They are all very, very good. Um, this is, this is right? It's a version of Lincoln that you're playing as, if I'm remembering correctly? Uh, no. Is it, so is, is it not you, Lincoln? No, it's a, so Lincoln is Lincoln's kind of like the, game, the boss. Right? Okay. Uh, yes. That's what it yeah. is. Um, the, the protagonist, the main protagonist that you play as, is I think he was from a, a novel, um, The Red Badge of Courage, I think. That, yep, that, his, okay, I remember you talking about that now, yep. His name is Adam Baldwin. That's right, yeah, yep. so. Very um, cool. But yeah, it's a fun game. One that, it, when I get another 3DS XL or 2DS XL, I am going to break out this game. Um, I, I do own it, uh, and actually I came across it again recently when I was dividing up games with uh, Shoot Kapow, who just got her own Switch, and we were talking about what she's going to take to college with her. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. And um, she's going to leave us the 3DS because she doesn't want to deprive Dusk of fantasy life, uh, especially with the new one coming out. With the new one, yeah. But, um, so we kept all the 3DS games, and uh, this is one of them that I have, so I'm excited to go back and check it out. But, Very nice. But, man, speaking of silly, sort of satirical depictions of America and American themes. Hmm. We're now moving to a game that I really would love to play if I thought I would like it. And it's so sad that it apparently is not as good as it should be. But talking about Supreme League of Patriots, have you ever heard of this game? No, I have not. (laughs) Uh, So the track we're listening to is called The Patriot Cave, and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, was composed, the whole soundtrack was composed by Jake Kaufman, and it's I mean, as everything Jake does, it's a fantastic soundtrack. Uh, he Shout wrote out to the guitar back. here, dude. This guitar is so sick in mm-hmm. this track. Yep, yep. <laughs> yes, it is. But uh, So this game, um, the, the tagline on the website is purple is the new red, white, and blue. Um, the, the main guy that you saw there, the Uncle Sam looking dude, his name is the Purple Patriot. <laughs> and... Uh, his uh, alter ego is a guy named Kyle Kiever, who works for the the, the NYPD, and um, he, as like a like a gopher type guy, or like in, in the tech lab or something, he's not a cop, but he works for the NYPD, um, and he wants to compete on the uh, reality show America's Got Superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And when he goes throughout for the show, he had an Uncle Sam costume. But when he washed it, he washed it on hot, and the colors ran. And so instead of red, white, and blue, he is purple. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, hence the purple patriot. But That's so stupid. But he does win and become a real-life superhero, but then he gets, like, sucked into this world of vigilantes and villains, and he starts to kind of lose kind of lose his shit. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he... Uh, and he now has a new mission to become the hero that New York deserves and definitely not the one it wants. <laughs> um, uh, it's a point and click game, apparently, according to Steam. Yeah, it's a point and click game. Um, it's got some some decent writing, some some good voice acting. There are some really it's funny jokes. Uh, his site six dollars. His sidekick, who happens to be British, is named Mel, and he has the best dialogue in the game. Um, oh, I take that I back. have it's watched $15. some playthroughs of this. I guess it's episodic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was episodic, released in three episodes. And I've I've watched some gameplay on on uh, YouTube, which is how I would recommend people check this game out, uh, just if, if they want to, before they play it. The problem with the game is that it's super slow. 
Um, okay. It okay. takes a lot of time for the characters to get for Kyle to get where you click, and there some of the puzzles are really like obtuse. Like you, you walk into a room and you immediately know what you need to do to solve the puzzle, but you have to jump through all these hoops before you can actually do it, and so it just kind of kills the momentum of the game, which is a shame because it's funny. The graphics are, are decent, especially for their t- for uh, you know for for this kind of developer. The music is just fantastic. It's it's absolutely stellar from front to back. I love um, this. I mean, I, I you you pointed out several other tracks that I need to listen to that I plan to that you said have some saxophone, some sweet sexy sax. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm gonna have to listen to this entire thing, dude. This sounds really cool. This is another one where, uh, for some reason, nobody's broken down the whole soundtrack, but it's it's an hour and 18 minutes from, from end to end, and it's all just really great stuff. It feels like Jake just letting loose and trying out a bunch of different genres and just excelling at every single one. Like he usually um, does. Yeah. It's sad. One of the reviews I read said that because of the, the pace of the game, because you hear these songs for so long, it starts to feel like... Um, just uh, aggressive elevator music. <laughs> and I, I can hear that. If you're not listening to the soundtrack and listening to the track at, you know, at, at, at that duration, if it's just looped over and over, any, any song is going to get old, I think, almost. But for on the soundtrack, because they're the length he actually meant for them to be, it works perfectly. And so absolutely recommend everybody check this out. Yeah, yeah, this is really cool. Like I said, I'm going to have to listen to this whole thing. Um, this is a Jake Kaufman comp- like soundtrack that I wasn't familiar with at all. Yeah, I was... Uh... I was really I stumbled across this a few years back and just for whatever reason never really got into it but uh, I revisited the entire soundtrack again for this episode um, again after driving driving back from dropping Shukapow off of college and uh, just enjoyed the whole thing I just kept bopping around in my car and just having a good time <laughs> I just picture you doing that to the soundtrack yeah perfect <laughs> perfect yeah man oh dude this ended up being so much fun it really did. This was a this was a, a great episode. I'm I'm glad that we did this. Yeah, this one. Uh, you know, I kind of like the the stuff we pulled. I think it all though there were some serious stuff. There were some some more comedic stuff as well. Like your your Supreme League of Patriots, right now not not like a comedic song, but just a comedic premise to the game. However, yeah. Well, <laughs> and I mean, even like uh, even some of the serious like patriotic tracks had had a slightly humorous twist on them sometimes. Yeah, like my and, Sea of uh, Thieves pick. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the and uh, the America like the Beautiful kind of <laughs> a little bit with the with the Ronald Reagan yep. on a Velociraptor, but nothing, nothing is going to beat my closeout pick. <laughs> this is perfect, dude. This is perfect because even though I, I led with talking about how, like you know, seriously, I, I I do love my country. I don't think it's you know the best ever. I I don't I don't I'm I'm not a nationalist, but I do love my country. But I'm also, you know, I'm I'm a rebel at heart, and of course, I you gotta you gotta be able to make fun of the stuff you love. Otherwise, you're just taking everything too seriously. And this this close out, I'm gonna let you take it away because it's it's perfect. So we are gonna close out by listening to the battle hymn of the EDF, which is from Earth Defense Force 2025. This was originally composed by William Steff um, because it's a it's a take on the battle hymn of the Republic which again is another very yeah. patriotic American song. But it was arranged for EDF 2025 by Masafu 
Fumi Takata and Jun Fukuda. Um, for those that don't know, the Earth Defense Force series pits you as like the last line of defense of Earth, right? You're playing as these soldiers who are defending Earth against a series of, of alien attacks. And these aliens aren't just aliens, right? They're like massive insects as well. Like when you get into the game and doing the missions, right? You're just seeing hundreds of ants rain down from the sky and you have to kill them. Spiders. Yeah, there are like aliens Starship as Cooper well. Stuff. Yeah, very, very similar. Yes. Or the upcoming Exoprimal, which is releasing uh, later this month. This episode posts in July. So the game releases later this month. It'll be on Game Pass. But it's Capcom's new game that like very similar to EDF, but it's dinosaurs instead. You just see dinosaurs raining down from the sky and you're taking them out. Uh, similar premise to Earth Defense Force. I really enjoy the EDF games. I know I've talked about it. We've played, I think, a track or two from various other games from this franchise on the podcast before. So I know I've definitely talked about Earth Defense Force in the past. I'm a big fan of this franchise. I think it's just it's stupid fun, right? Like it's not meant to be taken serious. It's just insanely fun. And that's what this track here, the Battle Hymn of the EDF, actually is. It's these soldiers singing about saving Mother Earth from an alien attack and watching their loved ones and families die around them. But they have to keep pressing on because they have to save Earth. It's so out of tune and out of key as they sing like it. It just sounds like everyday people oh singing this song. It's perfect. It's absolutely it perfect. And it, it's it's such a like a satirical take, but it's it's beautiful. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, I I can't add anything to that. That that's exactly it. And I think it's the perfect way to end the show. Um uh, you and I hit it spot on when we decided who was gonna open and who was gonna close. Because it <laughs> <Yeah>. worked perfectly. <laughs> it sure did. <laughs> if if you wanted the closer, I would have fought you for it because I think this is the perfect way to end this episode. Um and again, I think this episode was a lot of fun, so I'm glad we did it. And yeah, I think that'll that'll about do it. Do you have anything to plug before we get out of here? Uh no, not really anything going on right now other than as always check out shoot kapow on uh youtube uh, to see some cool stuff that my kiddo is working on but other than that no nothing this week all right well that'll unfortunately bring us to the close of the show for this week then we do want to thank you for sticking oh, with us happy the- fourth of july everyone. oh yeah i guess we never actually officially say that right happy happy fourth of july or happy independence day to anyone listening in the united states since uh yesterday yep. was july 4th but um yeah we want to thank you for sticking with us and celebrating the 4th of July and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. If you like video game music, more importantly, you like us and you want to help us grow the show, check the description box for ways you can do just that, including a link to join our Discord community. Click it, join it, and interact with us. Taking us out of the episode today, we're going to be taking a listen to, again, the Battle Hymn of the EDF from Earth Defense Force 2025. This released on February 18th, 2014. Quick side note, kind of fun to point out, in Japan, this game released on July 4th, 2013. So that's kind of a little, you know, little (laughs) trivia there. But uh, here in America, it did release February 18th, 2014. Again, it was originally composed by William Steph, the Battle Hymn of the Republic, arranged for this game by Masafumi Takata and June Fukuda. Keep the music playing and keep it loud. To save our mother earth from any alien attack From vicious giant insects who have once again come back We'll unleash all our forces, we will cut them any spot The EDFD boys Our soldiers are prepared for any alien 
threats. The Navy launches ships, the Air Force sends their jets, and nothing can withstand our fixed bayonets. The EDFD boys. Our forces have that window, and we pull back to regroup. The enemy has multiplied and formed a massive group. We better beat these bugs before we're all turned to soup. The EDFD boys. To take down giant insects who came from outer space We now head underground for their path we must retrace And find their giant nest and crush the queen's carapace The EDFD boys The Air Force and the Navy were destroyed or cast about Scouts, rangers, wing divers have almost been wiped out Despite all this, the infantry will stubbornly hold out The EDFD boys our friends were all killed yesterday as we're all families. Today we may not make it facing these atrocities. We'll never drop our banner despite our casualties. The EDFD boys. Two days ago my brother died, next day my lover fell. Today most everyone was killed on that we must not dwell. But we will never leave the field, we'll never say farewell. The EDFD boys. A legendary hero soon will lead us to glory. Eight years ago he sunk the mother ships as history. Tomorrow we will follow this brave soul to victory. The e